That stuff wasn't it was bad, but those were good things. But here we go, okay? Every one of us have a desire for power. In, built in each person is a desire to be in control of your life. Is that true or false? Don't you want to be in control of your life? No. I want everyone to be in charge of my life. No, you, you have an inner desire to be in charge of your world around you. Okay? The desire, it's a built-in thing. And it's how God created us. In fact, Pastor Robert Morris tells of a story when his daughter uh, was a little girl. Let me just read this to you. It was not uncommon for me to walk into the room and find her dolls neatly lined up with Elaine dictating orders to them. She would say, now you go over there and you go there. You do this and you do that. What struck me the most about the scene was that the way that even a small child could express the inward desire to rule over the world around her, even if her authority extended only to her dolls. You see, if you have a dog, you understand that, right? How many of you have dogs? Three, how many of you know what a dog is? Okay, how many of you know the difference between humans and animals? Everybody should put your hand up. Okay, now, so, so if you have a dog, and, you, and the, usually the youngest person in the family, they're, they're what? They're at the lowest of the pecking order, right? I mean, they're told mom and dad, to, and so then brother and sister. I mean, I was the youngest, so I understand this very well. I mean, I had my brothers, they'd always say, you better do this. I'm, you know, and I'm like, you know, I'd, and then when the dog, I, then I was like, I'm the man with the dog. Dog, you listen to me. And so if you have a dog, and maybe you as a kid, you, I mean, even the dog has to take, you know, take, you know, being told. But that's in every one of us, to be in charge. We want to be the boss of something. It's true. Okay? Where does this desire come from? Again, I told you, it comes from God. Because see, not all power is bad. Right? Not all power is bad. Being in charge is not a bad thing all the time. And so God put this desire in us to be in charge, to, to, to rule over things in life. And that is a godly desire. In fact, Genesis 1, 27-28, I have it, says this. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said, Be fruitful, increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. Listen to this. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Okay, so God creates the world. He creates, he creates Adam and Eve and He says, Now you guys rule over the earth. You are to be kings and queens and you are to watch over this place that I give you. Okay? Do you see this? Do you see this? Okay. So God created us with a power and authority, but the problem is... Mankind abdicated this power to Satan and to the world. In fact, remember Adam and Eve were tempted by the serpent? He tempted them and, and, and he took the power from them. And then when Jesus died on the cross and he was resurrected and came back to life, he gave us again the authority. But the problem is with, with Christians is we think that this world is in charge of our lives. We think, well, we give it to the president, we give it to the government, or give it to the boss, and we allow these people to tell us who we are. And that's, that's wrong. We are Christians, right? We are to be in charge. In fact, the, the Word says in 1 Peter, uh, you can go there later, 1 Peter, it talks about, it says that we are royal priesthood, a holy nation called from darkness. So you have a divine calling in your life. And so God has put a desire for power in your life. Are you following me? I don't know if I have the Scripture, but write this down if I don't. Psalm 115. Psalm 115. I don't think I put it on there. Psalm 115 Verses 15 and 16. Listen to this, okay? This, is, this just clarifies the point that I'm talking about. Psalm 115, 15 through 16, it says, it, it's the psalmist saying, May you be blessed by the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Okay, it's very clear. God is the maker of heaven and earth. Then verse 16, listen to this. 
The highest heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth He has given to man. Let me read that to you again. Verse 16, The highest heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth He has given to man. So God created everything. He is, he is the creator of all, but He says, The earth, I'm going to give it to mankind, so they will be My servants on the earth. The problem is, is we abdicated that authority again to Satan and to the government systems of the world. Now, we're to pray for the government systems. We're to be good citizens and all that. But we are to pray that they are divine representatives. And we are divine representatives. Are you following me? Every one of you have power. Every one of you have influence over somebody or something. Even if you may be one person. And in the church, we sit back and we wonder what's wrong with the world while we have the authority to do something. Come on, Amen. I don't know, again, I'm, I'm glad they caught these, these crazy people that did the bombings, but that stuff can happen less if the church begins to exert its power and authority a little bit more. Amen! By reaching more people, by winning more people, by praying against violence, by praying it. You see, it's not Muslims, it's not crazy people, it's Satan that's doing these things. Do you understand this? We are at an all-out war with Satan, and he's trying to tell you all the time, no, you, you don't have authority, you don't have authority. And God says, no, I've given you authority. The earth belongs to you. And then Acts 1.8, it says, Jesus said to the church, he said, you will receive power when, when you get filled with the Holy Spirit. And so he says, not only do I give you authority, but I give you the baptism of the Holy Spirit to go out in my name. And we're like, well, I don't, I'm not sure about this tongue stuff. I'm not really sure about this authority. No, you need to be sure about it. You need to say, man, God's given me authority. God gives me supernatural power over the things of this world. You have power. Okay, say, I have power because I am a child of God. So real quickly, here's just God's original plan for mankind. These are just extras. Hit it up. Number one, God's plan for mankind was establish a family of spirit sons, not servants. Yes, you're a servant of God. But Jesus says, now you're a co-heir of Jesus Christ, okay? So the second is, establish a kingdom, not a religious organization. Do you notice religions kill people? Have you noticed that? Religions condemn and kill people. Religious people kill other people. Have you noticed that? But God didn't do that. He wants a relationship. The third is, establish a kingdom of kings, not subjects. You're subject to God, yes, but we are to be royal priesthood, Okay? Then it says establish a commonwealth of citizens, not religious members. You see, religious members follow rules. We follow a king. Amen? Are you following this? Then establish a relationship with humankind, not a religion. God doesn't want religious acts. He wants a relationship with you. Isn't that awesome? And then it says to extend His heavenly government on earth. So we, you know, in, in the Lord's Prayer, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We are to be the ones that bring God's kingdom on the earth. So the last one is this. Influence earth from heaven through mankind. You have influence. Say, I have influence. Don't sell yourself short. Well, I'm nobody. You're, you are a child of God. That's the most important call out. So here it is. Number, let's talk about this, okay? We were made in the image of all-powerful God. Would you agree with that? I just read it to you in Genesis. We are made in God's image, okay? His power comes to us because He likes to bless people. He wants us to minister and He wants us to help those around us. Okay, so here it is. Number one, the power test. Learning to steward your God-given authority. Learning to steward your God-given authority. Now God is looking for those who can be trusted with power. Okay, He's looking on the earth. He's looking at you and I saying, Can I trust Stan Nelson? Can I trust you to do what I've called you to do? Can I trust you with this power? You see, because in us, 
is a legitimate desire to rule and to reign as God wants us to do. There is a desire for you to, to be an authority of something or over a person. The question is, what will you and I do with this authority? What will we do with this power? Will we use it wisely? Will we waste it? Will we waste our gifts and abilities chasing after the things of this world which are going to just burn away and come to naught? Or are we going to use our resources to build God's kingdom? You see, this is the power test. And so, so far in our sermon series, most of the tests have ended up in a negative place or they've been in a place where, where bad things have happened and you've had to respond. Here's the good thing, though. The power test is different. The test will help us to respond to the good things that happen. When you get a promotion, when you get, when you get on the honor roll, when, when you get a, a supervisor position, maybe you get accepted to a certain school, maybe you, you get a different career position, whatever. How do you respond to success? How do we respond to power? How do we respond to authority? How do we respond to influence? How do we respond to God's blessings? It's up to you and I to respond in the correct way. Are you following me? Okay. You see, it's what God was doing in you in all those tests. He was preparing your character. Because you see, un, unprepared character cannot handle power. Does that make sense? Immaturity cannot handle power. And I know you don't like this, but God is maturing you every day. Through your schooling, through your family relationships, through your work, through your friends. And, and so you're, you, you, maybe you've been sitting at this job for 20 years saying, why have I not been promoted? Maybe God is saying, I need to prepare your character. Because at any instant, I may step you into your, into your eternal destiny and great things are going to happen from here. But God has to prepare your spirit, your life. Okay, He has to mature you. And you see, every person is going to go through the power test. Every person has some degree of authority and influence. Pastor, you keep saying that. I'm tired of hearing that because we do. And it's sad because sometimes, you know, and, and I, I'm, I'm reminded of like, you know, in the military, you're, just, you're told what to do, right? Right? I need four volunteers. You, 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 and you, right? You, you have no choice, right? Some of you have been in the military. You know, sometimes at work, the boss is like, I need four, four volunteers to go. And you, you know, everybody's head down. And I got, I got to take this call, you know. And so who wants to go? Oh, no, I can't go. I don't have time to do that. And sometimes God is giving you an opportunity to give you an opportunity to shine. And so sometimes we're like, no, I don't have time. I'm, I'm, well, I got a call. I got to go. Hey, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and so... And I remember seeing this in sports. Remember, I talked about this before, playing football, and, and I was just a little sophomore, and you know, the, the seniors and the juniors, like they were like 550 pounds, just bulging muscle. And here I was this little tiny, 180-pound, flabby little kid, and like, hey, Nelson, uh, we, are, we need some, some, someone to come in. And we're like, oh, uh, where's my helmet? Uh, my, my shoe's untied. Hold on a second, coach. And we didn't want to go in. And you see, sometimes in the Christian life, God is doing that with you at work. He's just seeing how you're going to do. Hey, we need you to step up. Well, I can't right now, and I've got to tie my shoes, and uh, I don't know where my stuff is. And, and you're wondering why God hasn't promoted you. It's because He's been bringing you these opportunities to step up, to be a person of influence. Or, like, or when, the, when the company says, can you move from this position to this position, you're going to be over these people. No, I don't want that responsibility. And I understand sometimes, and you've got to pray. I mean, if, God, if God is in it, then you'll, you should do it. But... It, when God gives you an opportunity, pray. Say, God, is this from you or not? And, and, if, and the company says, you know what, just give me some time to pray about this, talk and, and, and do this. But if they continue asking you, and eventually they're going to stop asking you. And they're going to say, you know what, this person doesn't want to do this. We're just going to move on and find someone else. It's very much like that in the kingdom of God. God begins to ask you, hey, we need some help in the nursery. Hey, we need some help with the sound. I don't have time for 
that. Hey, we want, we want to do this. I don't have time for that. Come on, ask me something big. And God's saying, if you can't be good in small things, then how do you think I'm going to put you in a big position? Amen? Amen. And so, every time you come into the church, it's all entry level. You should be like, hey, what can I do? Where can I help? What can I do? Amen? When you go into the job and they're asking you, hey, can you stay? Obviously, you've got, be, you've got to know. You can't sell your soul to the company, right? Because they will. If, if you're not careful, they'll have, they'll have you doing something every weekend, every night. And you've got to have balance. But you've got to be willing to roll through sleeves and say, I'll do that. And God is watching you. And He's going to begin to open doors for greater responsibility because you passed the test. Amen? So how will you respond to power and authority and influence and the blessings of God? You see, every one of you are going to go through the power test. And every one of you have authority. Well, I don't, I don't have authority. I'm just a teenager. No, I, Yes, you have authority. You have a room, don't you? That's your area of influence. You have some friends in school, right? That's your area of influence. Well, I'm just entry level. I'm just a data person. I just sit in the computer every day. Well, you still have influence in that office, in that cubicle area. With your customers, right? Come on, amen? Every one of you have influence. The question is, how do you respond when you're given this responsibility and authority? So let it be, Joseph steps out of prison into his power test. I already read Genesis 41. Pharaoh has a dream. He's troubled. He doesn't know what to do. The magicians and the wise men don't know how to answer. They call, and, and the cupbearer says, oh, I forgot, this young man helped me out. And then Joseph comes and he has, he has the answer, okay? So Joseph, listen to this, check this out. He stepped out of the dungeon and he stepped into a place of great power and authority and then he moves into a power test. Listen to this, if Joseph had handled, I'm going to read this to you, if Joseph had handled that power in the wrong way, he never would have been able to fulfill his destiny in the way that God had planned. You see, if Joseph would have said, you know, I'm, I'm really like it in the dungeon. It's really nice in here. It's cold. It's damp. I get a weekly, daily beating. I really like it in here. The food is moldy. Hey, it's great here. I, I just don't have time. Pharaoh, I understand. I just don't have time for that. And you see, sometimes we get stuck in the dungeon of life. And when opportunity comes, we're like, I don't know if I should leave this. You should leave it if God is calling you. See, not only then did Joseph give Pharaoh the interpretation, he then gives him some free advice. In fact, Genesis 41, verses 37 through 45, he gives him some free advice on how to handle this dream that he has. You see, God can speak through you. Say this, God can speak through me for my world. Don't think this only happens in the Old Testament. Don't think this only happens to pastors and prophets and apostles. God can speak through you. He can give you divine wisdom to help your company, to help your nation, to help the church, to help the world. Come on, amen? How do you think we came up with the car, the light bulb? How do you think we came up with, with uh, penicillin? These were God-given dreams given to people and they had wisdom. Oh, this is from God. The light bulb, you know, didn't get it. The light, it comes on and God can speak to you and you can come up with something that will change the world. You've got to believe that. So here it is. So, so Pharaoh concludes, hey, there's the Spirit of God is on him. Genesis 41, verses 37 through 45. The plan seemed good to Pharaoh and to all his officials. So Pharaoh asked him, can we find anyone like this man, whom, one in whom the Spirit of, uh, is, is the Spirit of God? Verse 39, Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has made all this known to you, there is no one so discerning and wise as you. 
You check this out. You will be in charge of my palace, and all my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I gather you. Will I be greater than you? Verse forty-one. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his finger and put it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in robes of, of fine linen and put a, a put a gold chain around his neck. He had made him ride in a chariot at, as his second in command, and men shouted before him, Make way! Thus he put him in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh, but without your word, no one will, will lift hand or foot in all of Egypt. Do you see what happened there? Immediately, immediately goes from the prison to the palace. And you see, some of you are wondering, when am I going to go from the prison to the palace? It could happen any day. It could happen any month. It could happen any year. So don't get mad. Don't get angry. Just serve where you're at. Be good, responsible persons with everything that God gives you. Amen? You see, then Joseph gets the signet ring, which represents rights and authority. He gets his own tripped out chariot. He gets a gold chain. Isn't that awesome? And so God moves him into this place of having nothing and being nobody to someone now important. And Joseph passed all the previous tests. He passed all those previous tests. And now the power test comes. And you see, just like that, every time you and I pass tests, we're going to move on to another one. In fact, number two, the power test comes suddenly. The power test comes suddenly. Your character needed to be developed. I've already talked about that. Undeveloped character, listen, undeveloped character will not handle power very well. Remember, the previous test God sent were develop your character. Now, letter B, sec, suddenly comes after a time of testing. In a single day, God, like I said, this God can suddenly change everything about your circumstance. In a second, in a day, God can change it. How do I know? Because I see it in Joseph's life. I've seen it in through other people's lives. I've seen it throughout God's kingdom. In one moment, Joseph was in the prison, in the dungeon. He woke up one day in prison. The next day, he wakes up in the palace. Check this out. Let me read this to you again. Psalm 41, 14. So Pharaoh went to, sent for Joseph, and he was quickly brought from the dungeon. When he had been shaved and changed his clothes, he came before Pharaoh. You see, God can do that in your life. And we're so, we want instant success, but it takes a whole life to prepare for this moment. But you need to be ready. You need to allow God to use you. You need to be faithful. You see, one morning, one morning Joseph was a prisoner, and the next morning he arose to the second most powerful person in all of Egypt. And historians say at this time, Egypt was probably one of the premier countries or, or, or nations of the world. So the power test can come quickly. So prepare yourself, okay? Number three, where does this power come from? Where does this power come from? Psalm 62, 11 and 12 says this, God has spoken twice, has spoken once, twice I've heard this, that power belongs to God. Say power belongs to God. Now that means authority, okay? And so, so power belongs to God. Verse 12, also to you, excuse me, <coughs> For you, O Lord, belongs mercy. For you render to each one according to his work. In other words, he gives us the authority as we need it. Okay? God is the only source of power. Say that with me. God is the only source of power. Okay? All power belongs to him. He gives it out as he sees fit, as he wants it to go. Okay? So again, we're sent 
to establish his kingdom. Excuse me. <coughs> I apologize. Hope I'm not blowing your ears out. Daniel chapter 2, 20 through 22. It says this, And he said, Praise be to the name of God, of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and season. He sets up kings and he disposes them, deposes them. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and, and light dwells with him. You see, in other words, God sets up kingdoms. God is in charge and God gives wisdom to those who want it and those who will be responsible. Do you understand this? Are you following me? So here it is. The power test comes suddenly. Where does power come from? Letter B. We must recognize who gives us the power. Who gives us the power? God. Okay? Pilate, this is, this is a great illustration. Pilate thought that he had power over Jesus, but Jesus had to set him straight. Here it is in John 19, verse 10. Then Pilate said to him, Are you not, speak, are you not speaking to me? Do you not know that I have power to crucify you and power to release you? Jesus answered, You could have no power at all against me unless it had been given, given you from above. Therefore, the one who delivered me to you has a greater sin. In other words, the person who was bad was worse. <laughs> but Jesus says to Pilate, You didn't deliver. You're, you're not in charge. God allowed this to happen. God is in charge. Even though right now we're wondering where God is, right? He is still on the throne. It doesn't matter who, what, where, when. God is on the throne. And either the church is going to rise up and begin to use the power of Jesus, or we're going to keep blaming and keep just sitting and hiding and fearful, or we're going to say, you know what? I'm tired of the world spinning out of control. God's given me authority. I want to start using it. And that's where God wants us to be. So we must recognize who gives us the power. Every person is a leader to some degree. What kind of leader are you? Are you a humble leader? What are you doing with the power God has given you? What are you doing with the influence that God has given you? God is looking for good stewards that He can trust. He's looking for people. He's saying, I'm looking for anyone who wants to be an influencer. He's looking. He's looking out at your life. He's saying, when can I allow them to be an influencer? When can I move them to the power, but they haven't passed these other tests? God is looking for that. He wants us to recognize that He's the provider. He is the one who gives us power. Number four. How did you receive this power? To get power, you must give up the right to power. In order to receive power, you must give up the right to be... See, in this, in this country, I love this country. I'm glad, I'm blessed, and I'm glad that you're from another country and you're here. And I, I love every country. I, do, I love every people, every person of the world. But I, I feel blessed that I was able to be born in this country. And this country, we shirked, off the, we shirked off the tyranny of a king and we became our own free nation and all that. But in our great freedom, that, that freedom is also a curse to us. Because we think we're the boss all the time. We think, no one, hey, I can do it all. This is a free country. No, it's a democratic republic. You can't do what you want all the time. Right? And you see, that mindset begins to trickle into our Christianity. Hey, I'm free in Christ. I can do what I want. And when I want to do it. No pastor, no elder is going to tell me how to live my life. My mom ain't going to tell me. My dad, my spouse, they ain't going to tell me. You have not read the Bible, obviously. Because yes, they are going to tell you. God is going to tell you through other people how to live your life. To help you live a great life. And you see, the problem in this great country is we think we have our rights. It's not fair. I want my rights. I want, I want, I want, I want. And God says, when are you going to grow up? I will give you lots when you give up your right 
to power. There are some of you in this, in this room today, you're afraid of totally letting go to God. You see, the world says, be large and in charge. The world says, you be all that and a bag of chips and all that garbage. But God says, you know what, if you want to be in charge, you need to be the opposite. You need to be different. His standard is the opposite of the world. Amen? God operates on a different standard than the world. If you want authority, then you must be under authority. Mark 9.35, do I have it? Mark 9.35 says this. Sitting down, Jesus called the twelve and said, If anyone wants to be first, he must be the very last and the servant of all. If you want to truly live, then you must die first. Matthew 16.25 says, Whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. If you want to receive, then you have to give. Did you see that? Luke 6.38, Give and it will what? It will be given to you. What? A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap, for with the measure you use, it will be measured. Now, this isn't just talking about money. This is talking about if you want to receive in life, you've got to give. And when you give away, God gives you abundantly in relationships, in faith, in, in, in spirit, in mind, in resources, in, in friendship. If you're always holding on and every person you look at say, what can they do for me? Then you are not a giver. You need to start going through, how can I give? How can I give at work? How can I give in my community? How can I give at school? How can I give at church? How can I be like Christ, who is a giver of all things? Do you see what the world says? The world says take, right? God says give, and it will be given back to you abundantly. Right? How many of you, how many of you I, like, I eat tortilla chips. I love tortilla chips and salsa. Man, I'm getting hungry. You getting hungry yet? Let's go to Chipotle. You see, I get, I get mad when I go to the grocery store and I, and I, and I pick up the, and the, the bag looks, like, looks huge, doesn't it? The tortilla chips, right? And you get it home and... And then like there's four chips at the bottom, right? I mean, you guys, man, I'm paying lots of money and you're giving me nothing. You see, God's not like that. When you're a giver, He takes your sack and He pours in it and it's just, then He shakes it. And, and You ever remember you've done this? Like, and you just keep stuffing and you're like pouring and it runs over. That's how God gives. He's not like the chip company just full of air. God is a giver. But you get when you give. You want good friends, then you need to be a good friend. Man, that's good preaching, amen? amen? Come on, you want a great country, then you need to start giving to that country. Amen. You want a great church? You've got to give to that church. Not only your money, but your time, your talents, amen? Come on, amen? amen. You want a great marriage? You've got to give. You want whatever you've got to give, and it will be given back to you. Do you see? This is the opposite of the world. The world says the opposite. And it's, it, the way to promotion is to humble yourself. James 4.10 says, Humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will lift you up. So in order for you to get power, you must give up the right to power. You're not a, you're not a doormat. You're not slime. You are a God's child who can be humble. You can still be firm, you can be confident, but you can still be humble. Right? And God will bless you. God will raise you up. God will lift you up. Isn't that awesome? Humble yourself. God will lift you up. God is a promoter. Amen? You see, the way of promotion is to humble ourselves and to learn to submit to those He placed over us. 1 Peter 5, 5 and 6. Young men, young ladies, young people. In the same way, be submissive to those who are older. Let me stop there for a second. I don't like it in this day and age, we see young people bad-mouthing adults. And I am shocked when I'm out 
riding my bike or I'm out walking my dog and I see these little eight-year-old, ten-year-olds and they're like, they're cursing, you know, I'm like, I like, guy, dudes. Or when they're doing something, I say, don't do it. They're like, hey, you shut up, mister. Hey, you beep, 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 beep. I'm thinking, wow, where do they learn that? Oh, mom and dad. Because mom and dad are doing the same thing about the boss and the pastor and the president and their neighbor, right? And their mom and dad. Oh, they learn it from who? Mom and dad, who have lost respect for their, those who are over them. Amen? Why are, why are we in the mess? Because mom and dad don't have respect for those God has put over them. You don't have to agree with everything that everyone does above you, but you still need to respect them. The Bible says to respect those God has over you. Older people, elders, not just old in age, but those who have been at the job longer, or have been in the, in the position longer than you. It says, also all of you, Clothe yourselves with humility towards one another because God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's almighty hand that He may lift you up in due time. God will give us authority when we humble ourselves, when we respect those that God puts over us. Amen? Did you notice it says God opposes the proud? God doesn't like proud Christians. He opposes us. It's interesting, isn't it? You see, Jesus... And Joseph understood humility. In fact, Joseph was a prime candidate for pride. Remember, he had to go through the pride test. He had to be broken. And when he submitted, then he learned. And God raised him up to do great things because he began to understand power. Humility, check this out. Humility is attractive. Pride is always ugly. Right? I mean, how many of you like being around a proud... proud, Oh, I did this. I can do that. I'm better than you. I look better than you. I mean, how many? I don't know about you, but when I'm around that kind of person, I'm like, I gotta go. It's just full of something. It's not good, and I'm leaving. It, I, I'm all that. I did that. I'm this. I'm that. And people see through that, don't they? But when you're humble and you can just do it, and you just do it without tooting your own horn, people like that. People are drawn to that, right? Walk in humility. God will give you power. All power comes from God, and we get it by being humble. So number five. Number five, what is the purpose of power? Acts 10.38 says this, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. God gave Jesus power. What did Jesus do with his power? Did he buy new cars? Did he get a following and say, hey, you guys follow me. Come on, my minions. He went and did good. He did have a following. He called people to Him and then He sent them out. And you see, you and I are not here just to keep getting stuff for ourselves. He doesn't just give you ability and authority and you're just take care of your family. Absolutely, that's a good thing. Take care of your family. Take care of yourself. Have money for vacation. Have go for retirement. That's all good. You're supposed to be a wise steward and that's a good thing. But if at every opportunity you're spending every ounce of energy and money on yourself, God has not called you to do that. If you're using all your talents just for you, God is not pleased. He wants you to use your energy and talents for your family, your co-workers, your neighbors, your church, the world. Amen? You see, if you're a follower of Christ and you're supposed to be like Christ, Christ went around and did good. Right? God gave Jesus power so that He could do good things. So He could heal people. He could set people free. He could let people know the trueness 
of the gospel of Jesus Christ and to oppress, to break the oppression of the devil. God gives every one of you a power and authority of influence. Well, I'm not an influence. Let me tell you, teenagers, some of you may think, I don't have influence. Yes, you do. I was thinking about this this morning. Of all places, shaving, getting ready this morning. And I was thinking about this part of the, just this message. I remember in high school that, that God gave me influence over people just because I had a positive attitude. I was cocky in some senses. The guy had to break me that. But I was still a, a, a down-to-earth guy. And I remember in high school, the, there were people, hey, hey, Stan, you want to go party? No, it's cool. I, I don't want to party. I'm a Christian. I don't, I don't get stoned. I don't want to do that. I, don't, I want to save my life. And I had an influence of people that I could influence. And I encouraged them. They said, hey, man, let's go to the movies. Let's do this. And I began to influence those people around me. Some of them got saved. Some of them just still did their thing. But I said, if I can influence these people not to waste their lives, that would be awesome. You have that kind of authority. Whether you're a teacher, professor, you're a boss, you're a supervisor, you're just, you have influence over people's lives. You can speak into their lives positively. Because when they see God in you, they're going to want the answers. They're looking for... In fact, they're wasting their weekends, getting stoned, getting wasted, and they're where where is life? Or they're filling their weekends up with activities just because they're empty inside. And you've got Jesus... And you can begin to speak into them. You don't have to preach at them and slap them in the head, get saved or go to hell. That may happen, but you can just begin to be a positive influence with them. Just speak into their lives. You know, just, just, just speak into their lives. You can do it. Come on, amen? Speak into your workplace. Speak into them. Just be, say, God, let me speak your words in their lives because God will do it. Remember Joseph? He was in prison. He was speaking into people's lives. And then all of a sudden, snap. He is in a big place of influence. And he continued to speak into lives. See, God wants to speak into people's lives through you. And what is his purpose of power? He didn't give this power just for Joseph to have a nice chariot and a gold chain and a signet ring. Hey, look at me. Bow down to me. It was given so he could save two nations. And see, God has placed you where you live today. He's he's placed you where you work at. He's placed you in the school. He's placed you with the people you are with so that you can save them with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That you can speak into their lives. They may not get saved under your watch, but you can speak into their lives and be a positive influence in their life. Do you want to do that? Are you just going to let the world tell you you're supposed to live life, go to work, pay your taxes, go on vacation, and then die? That's not what God wants for your life. He wants you to live a big life. Amen? He wants you to change people's lives. And God is looking for people. In fact, God found it in Joseph, a humble person, who would say, God, here I am. God's heart is for people. So His power is given to help people. This is what power is for. In fact, Deuteronomy 8, 17, 18, let me just get this as we're getting down to the end. He, he spoke to the children of Israel to remind them, I'm going to help you go into the promised land, but when the, when the milk and honey of the land begins to bless you, don't forget who blessed you. And I see that in our country today, that we're forgetting who's blessed us. I see that in the world today, we forget who blesses us. Deuteronomy 8.17 says, You may say to yourself, My power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms His covenant which He swore to your fathers as it is today. Don't forget who put you in this place. Don't forget who helped you start your business. Don't forget who put you in that job. Don't forget who put you into that school. 
Don't forget who put you where you are today. It is God. To be an influence. Amen? He reminds us that power is given to us so that we can spread His blessings. Amen? God wants to establish His covenant across the earth and He wants to use the children of God. Right? The government's not going to change the world. Governments come and go. Politicians come and go. Economies come and go. But the church has been here forever. And that's how He changes culture is through you and I being powerful servants of God. Amen? In fact, Psalm 2.4 says, each person, each of you should look not only to your own interests but also to the interest of others. God likes seeing His children serving other people. He likes seeing us serving the unchurched. He likes seeing us serving in the church. He likes seeing us serve in the world. Listen to this. Every time God promotes us or gives us a position of affluence, it's because He has someone in mind that He wants you to touch. I mean, it's nice to get a raise, right? It's nice. It's a blessing. It's nice to get a promotion. It's nice to move to a new position. But when God does that, there's a reason for that. Not just for you and your bank account, but it's so that you can touch people's lives in ways you never have before. I'm hoping you're seeing that your life's a little bit different than what the world is telling you today. Amen? God gives every one of us influence and power to minister to those around us. Every one of you have influence over people. And power is not a bad thing. When it's used correctly, it can change the world. Amen? You may think you don't have influence, but you have influence. You have influence over someone. You have influence over your sphere. And God is watching. He's looking at your life saying, are they ready for the power test? Are they ready when I can in a minute, in an instant, turn their life to do something different? But until then, we have to learn the test and we have to go through the test. Amen? But I want you to be ready because God has a great plan. Would you stand with me this morning? God has a great plan for your life. God has great things for you. God has super things for your life. And it's going to come. It could come in an instant. It could come. It could, it could take another ten years. I don't know what it is, but I want you to be ready this morning. Amen? This is the power test. Will you pass it? You see, power comes for the purpose of helping others, not just to help yourself. We live in such a consumer-minded world. It's all about you. It's all about what's... It's about you. It's not God is saying, I want to use you to change lives. Yes, I will bless you abundantly, but I bless you so you can bless others. Friends, I want you to allow God... Would you just close your eyes just for a moment, for a few moments, and allow God to begin to speak to your heart. Let Him begin to speak to your spirit. Let Him begin to put that divine dream back into your life. And again, some of you know that divine dream. Some of you don't know. And I want you to begin to live for something greater than this world. I want you to live for more than what this world can offer because this world is going to pass away. But God will never pass away. And so this morning, Jesus said, if if you want to save your life, you've got to lose your life. And, And some of you, you've never given your life over to Jesus Christ. I'm just going to give you a moment with your eyes closed, your heads bowed. Jesus wants to be the king of your life so he can free you up to be a king in your life. But you have to give up your rights. And so this morning, maybe the Holy Spirit's been drawing on you, he's been speaking to you, and you know this is you. With your eyes closed, your heads bowed, say, you know what, Pastor Stan? I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. If that's you, would you just raise your hand and say, that's me, I'm, I'm giving my life to Jesus today. Okay? I trust then that everyone in this room has made the decision. But here's what I want to do, okay? The time is this. Have you and I been good stewards of our power and influence? You can look at me right now. Have you been a good steward 
of the power and influence God has given you. If you have, God bless you. If not, God wants to help you. Remember, we sang that song that God can fix our broken lives. He came to do that. We saw that video about how life defined our moments, but now let, let our, our defining moments be defined by God. Maybe you've spent a lot of time chasing after things in the world. Let God now turn you into a place of influence. Amen? I want to do this just for a few moments. Just for a few moments. If, if maybe God is speaking, you say, you know what, Pastor Stan? I want to use God's power and authority to help those around me. Would you come to the front and say, I want to, use, I want to allow God to, to use the power and authority to help those around me. Why don't you come to the front? I want you to come to the front and say, you know what, Pastor Stan? I want to see my power, my gifts, and influence to change the world, not to be changed by the world. Come on, I'm tired of the world telling me what to do. I want to do what God wants me to do. Come to the front. I want to use my God-given power and authority to help those around me. I don't want the world to tell me who I am. I want God to tell me who I am. And I want to use these gifts. Come to the front. Come to the front. If you want to see your circle of influence changed by the gospel, come to the front. If you want to see your family, your friends, your co-workers, your neighbors changed by the gospel, come to the front. Come to the front if you need to humble yourself in God's sight. You've been tooting your own heart. You've been promoting yourself. And you want God to promote you. Just come to the front and humble yourself. Come on. Come to the front if you want to be that person God intends you to be. Come to the front right now. So I call for you to come to the front. If you want to use your God-given power and authority to influence those around you. If you want to see your gifts used by God and not the world, come to the front. If you want to see your, your circle of influence saved by the gospel, come to the front. Come forward if you want to, you need to humble yourself because you've been tooting your own horn. You want God to, to be your promoter. Come to the front. And then finally come to the front. If you want to influence the world, come to the front right now. Holy Spirit, begin to flow over our lives. You have divine purpose over every person. You have divine purpose over every person in this room, God. And you have put us in a place of influence in every person that we come in contact with God. And so, Lord, forgive us for being consumed by the world. Forgive us for being consumed with our own lives, God. Forgive us for thinking we don't have influence. Forgive us for thinking that we have to be what the world tells us to be. We are the children of God. And so, Lord, we humble ourselves in your sight. Maybe some of us have not passed the the prison test or the pride test yet because we have not yet given up our pride yet. Maybe we, we don't know how to submit yet because we, we think we're in charge and we have not given up our rights to you yet. Lord, make us more like you today. Friends, begin to call out to God for that thing that you want Him to do in your life. Begin to pray out for God to move in, in your life right now. God, pour out your spirit. God, do your work in every person. I'm just going to pray and anoint you with oil. God, pour out your spirit in every person in the name of Jesus. God, do your work in our lives, God. We want to be people of influence, God. We want to use the influence you've given us, God.
God move in your heart right now. Let God move in your heart right now. Let Him speak to you right now. Let Him promote you. Let Him fill you right now. Open up your hearts. Open up your minds. Open up your spirit to Him. Worship Him. Speak to Him. Call on Him for strength, for power, for wisdom, for knowledge, God. We give you our lives. We surrender to you, Father God. We give you our lives in Jesus' name. We give you our lives in Jesus' name. We want to be vessels of change, God. We want to be the servants of your change the world, God, in Jesus' name. Make it happen, God. Do it, Father God. Help us, God. We give you our lives, Lord Jesus. We give you our lives, Jesus. We give you our lives. Friends, be that change that God has called you to be. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. Be that vessel God has called you to be. Just worship Him right now. We're going to stand up with you, God. We surrender to you, God. Just surrender right now. Surrender to Him. mighty warrior for God in your workplace, in your school, in your neighborhood, wherever you're at. You are a child of God. You are called to influence. Remember the Bible says all power is God's and He gives it to His servants. The earth belongs to mankind. We are to take charge of the world. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of this world spinning out of control. We can change it. One person at a time. So begin to say, God, help me to change one person at a time. Let me influence the person in the cubicle next to me who rides in the car with me or who's in the shop or who's in the office or who's in the classroom I sit and have lunch with or I walk by or our kids are on the same soccer team. God, let me begin to influence them with the good news of Jesus and begin to see that you're no longer just a servant. You're a friend of God's. And you're called to change the world. And some of you, you're holding on. So when is my opportunity to come? It's going to come, but you've got to be faithful. Hold on, okay? Because at the moment, you could be promoted from prison to the palace. You could go from being in chains to having the signet ring and the gold chain around your neck. Not for you, but to change the world around you. So you got to believe it, amen? I'm telling you, church, I am excited what some of the things God is showing me. And I can't see what's going to happen in your life, but I'm seeing great things. Somehow God is going to begin to do great things in your life. Allow God to work in your family. Allow God to work in you. Forget the past. Say the past is gone. Come on. The past is gone. 